man you signed so you were That's you, very you, cool, you know man. you were doing your coaching there and we can see you were coaching like some of the youth guys but you're also coaching the university at this point Ports of Uni yeah what's yeah there is another picture here yeah so that's coaching Ports of Uni I mean there's there's similarities here between what Eman was doing and what Daniel Fatima Day is doing yeah like coaching the uni coaching the men's national league so it's team. similar isn't it similar setup yeah so Ports of Uni so like this picture this is from 2006 2007 so um, yeah, that's when I had hair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some, some, you know, I'm, I'm not one to judge on that. <laughs> in the middle, Jason Wong. I know Andrew and, and Andrew, my brother, and Steve, where they always talk about Jason Wong was the man who saved the Fury because we had no players and he stepped yeah. up for a couple of games. And I, I remember I put, I, I think I, um, I recommended the Fury. He was oh, like, okay. what teams can I play so for? You saved the Fury. The Godfather strikes again. Always involved. Uh, here's the one that made the difference. So I think I recommended both. Smugglers and Fury. Then he tried. What? 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 Why did you do that? That's 2006, 2007. I didn't know what Fury was. What? <laughs> you knew. Three years later, he's got he's got yeah. a Fury trophy. Yeah, there we go. See? That he breaks. If, if, only, if only I knew that then. If only I knew that. Ian Chambers. Thanasis. Will Stewart, Thanasis. Thanasis was a great player, wasn't he? Yeah. Great point guard. Yeah. Fast. Um, yeah. So, and Andy Dixon, did he play for Fury? Andy Dixon, where is he? Andy Dixon, that one there. Did he play for Fury? D- I think he did for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But well, this, there you go, man. This is literally starting the link with like the university and the local kind of um, Portsmouth teams. Now, really? what, what's interesting? The Godfather. Yeah, stop, it, really. stop it, stop it, stop it. He says that. He says it out loud. This is where the uni link starts. You heard it out loud. You heard yourself say it. Come on. Embrace yeah. it. Lean into so it. So what's this? Is this more goodies for us, Eman? What's that? Oh, so when you're saying this, I thought it was just quite interesting. One of the things that we were talking about with uh, with Ryan, uh, when he was talking about the Kestrels, and how there was the link with the university and then where they've had like the changes in the university part of the reason with the kestrels that they were having some of their challenges and moving away from certain things and stuff mm. on the flip side when you're talking about this and the links that you built there with the uni that then founded and carried on growing which is now that is a, such a strong link between mm. the yeah. force and the point enforcement yeah that's the that's the next feeder isn't it with education that we've gone back to with the schools mm. but then you have the outside teams then you have the universities that's what you're seeing more and more of now yeah certainly in the uk i don't know how that is in the UAE, but um, in the uk there's a massive link like with and so forth the kestrel uh, it's, it's been like that i think um in the uk with um with educational institutions and sports teams it's it's really worked in certain places like yeah. um a few Barking Abbey yep. um, College there um, with 
Kitchen is one of them. And they've just literally followed the model where they've linked with national league teams um, to the point where teams like um, up north, say Leicester, so they've got, was it Char- Charnwood College? They link in with the Leicester Riders. And Loughborough University Loughborough as well. University as well. Yeah. So they link in, or to, it's like literally we're just trying to create a pathway. And this is something that me and Simon sat down and talked about. And we were like, okay, how do we create a pathway in Portsmouth? Like, what can we do? Like, from the sessions that we have, like the open sessions, how do we actually build a performance pathway? How can we tell the player that comes into the session first um, for the first time, um, this is where they can go, really. And we were sending kids to Solon because we didn't have a national team, a national league team at the time. Um, so any talent that we had, Adam Riavi was one of them, we didn't have a team for him. So um, speaking to his mother, and we were like, okay, the best bet for him is to go to Stolen because that was the that was the only team in the, at the time that can harness his talent, really. Like, we couldn't do anything more with him. Um, and he wasn't the only one. Like, a lot of guys, we kind of pushed him up, pushed him that way. Wow. So, like... Um, yeah, it's nice seeing that that's, you know, you're bringing out these pictures here from 2006, 2007. Mm. It's like what people are seeing when they go to say a sports game tonight mm. this is where all of this is, is coming from yeah but people are not realizing that that's that's where this is all coming from yeah but there's when you're saying about the amount of back office and admin that needs to be done with a basketball team yeah this is how long it takes to build up season by season mm. refine expand refine expand every single season yeah that's like 15 years in the making yeah, and and back then it was just bits and bobs. Like you said, we had Navy, Smugglers, Fury, um, and we started to even have sp- small pockets of teams like Tres Borelis. Tres, Tres Borelis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're still around. They're still around, they're still are they? still around. And then I, I see you've got other teams as well, but then there was just like literally small pockets of teams, but we needed something that can join yep. them. And I think we, t- I, we talked with Mick about this. Um, like we've got all the local league teams around Portsmouth, how do we get the best players to come play National League for Portsmouth in the, yeah. from those local league teams? And I don't think there was a committee um, strong enough to kind of bring all the Portsmouth teams together to actually be like, we want the best talent to represent Portsmouth, really. And um, that's why I'm so like impressed with what's going on now because now there is a platform for that. Like the men's, whoever is the men's coach team, is it Dan? Yep. Yeah, he can go out and be like, okay, right. Um, he can go scouting around the yeah. local leagues if he wants and be like, okay, right. We see you playing Portsmouth. We have a national league team. Would you like to come to the trials or we'd like you to kind of work out? And that's that's keeping it in the city. And like Paul said, we don't need to rely so much on the uni, on the university. We, you do see some players come out in like the half times or uh, before or after the games and think you're you're got to be six four six five and you're shooting around. So. I'm not seeing you on the court. What, why are you not practicing? But maybe they're older. Maybe they're just not interested. Everyone has their reasons. Email. Yeah. I've yeah. got some good news. I have signed this. Have you? Oh, no, yeah. literally. Who was looking hard at that? Well, listen, this is the red flag to the ball. You don't. No, no, no. What I was trying to work out, I could count 12 signatures. And I was like, well, there's 12 people there. So I was just trying to work it out. But I remembered when I started playing National League, my first number was number 10. Oh. And then I can't remember who it was. Someone came in and went, no, it w- it would have been someone. <laughs> I'd have gone. Yep, yeah, no worries. And I went fourteen. 
Oh, so wow. yes, I am on their number oh, okay, 10. Okay, okay. But um, well, it wasn't yeah. when you used to sign your signature when he, he used to do it, like he went to the bank and this is years ago and they were like, you got to do a new signature. So he did it and it was literally capital letters and they're like, you, that's not a signature, you can't do that. He's like, <laughs> but no, but that's- I didn't like, have one. He didn't have one and he was like, like, you can't do that. And so he tried to like make it basically- Artistic. Yeah, it was just <laughs> pretty I much the same, just with the P slightly that he's like, no, like, I, no, you can't do that. Well, I, I remember <laughs> I remember that signature actually because um, when you got all the kids there, sometimes they'd come and ask for autographs, yeah. and they'd come up and go, "Can you?" And I'd always look like, I, I, what, what, <laughs> what do I write? <laughs> like block capitals. No one prepares you for that, do they? <laughs> so I just used to write Paul. <laughs> just wrote Paul. Yeah, honestly, um, he was embracing his fame. Um, <laughs> yeah. Could have been a stamp. So, email. What else you got? What's this? More pictures. Oh, okay, this one. Simon. I don't know whether you like me for this one. Like, yeah. So, like, we ended up. Oh, he's being protective over this photo. This. It's like, gonna be good. It. We ended up. Um, I say because we, we were doing a lot of coaching, as you saw in the pictures here. So we we're going around the schools and we we're running these schools projects. I think we ended up getting probably twenty-five schools or something. Nice. Just in the year and it was a really busy time and um so we needed more coaches had to reach out to kind of loads of different people so we actually had a fleet of coaches going out um at the time i didn't really notice it i didn't really know we had that many coaches until like i look back and like like when you see matt bates here and seeing like like wow like matt bates was coaching with us and of course working with um Stuart hardiman and those guys like um yeah, it was kind of a it was a process that was starting, and around this time, I think yeah, I've, I've been around. I think at the time I was coaching Southampton University women's team. I was asked to go coach them. This was after I finished coaching with Portsmouth University, and the women's team we were a good team. We were, we were successful that team. So I still wanted to be. I didn't just leave Southampton. I just really, not leave Portsmouth. I really wanted to still work with Portsmouth, so the school thing was still my thing. So um, that year, we decided. I just, well, me and someone, we decided we need to recruit, train people up. So, like, I did a party for all the coaches because we worked so hard that that is the that summer. Why are you smiling? Because you're so this, hesitant this, to show it. That's why. <laughs> what is this like dressing up? A, or something? And also, this is you are officially the first guest to bring some stuff down. And, show merch. and merch. Oh, merch. Oh, yeah, okay, I mean okay. that goes without saying. But that is this is interesting. Yeah. So basically, so this is some of the. So we did like a oh. party thing just to show appreciation. So we did like a gala night. Like a <laughs> oh, James Bond. Hey, you're all dressed James up. James Bond gala oh, night. You're all dressed up. So like you got Matt Birch there. Matt uh, Birch. Um, Russ, Russ Pudsey. I don't know if you remember him. I think he was a student. So he helped out a lot. Stretch. So Richard. Yeah. Yeah, he was around. Um, what's his name? Oh, this is great. Just Stuart Hardiman, obviously, stuck in the middle, or like in the back behind Simon. Oh, um, Simon. That is a beaut. His name's Daniel. Daniel was doing well for himself as a coach. I think he's wow. coaching England now. Everyone's all he's coaching England. Yeah. U18, yeah. And, um, and assistant coach. And then obviously there's many people. I know you had this Vicky as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're dressed, suited and booted. Oh, yeah. I'll show you these ones now. Yeah, that, so. that is something else. But this was like, 
Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, that's the winner. That's the winner. E-Man, the E-Man and oh. Simon Cattell, the Godfathers. <laughs> Look at that. So when so when he said Godfathers, this is the picture I saw. This is like... the picture. Right, Mark. You oh, get a copy of that. Oh, the Godfathers yeah. of basketball. We've got... We're C- getting a photo hey, of that. Simon actually looks like he would he'd be a good, you know, a good he, film. <laughs> he'd be a you villain. Look at, you're looking down an alley. This guy's like, do you really want to do this? He's like, I'm this pulling is like, the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> this is too late. That's the hey, picture, isn't it? It's, like, it's too late. To it's too late for you now. <laughs> we need to show people these pictures. Oh, my. Yeah. I wonder how many people in France will get to see this before Simon goes, please, can you remove that from Instagram? <laughs> well, that's um, amazing. I did think that Eman's, uh, I know you do the promo things for the podcast. I did think that Eman's, you could maybe go, we've got the second Godfather. Because yep. the first time we did, uh, when we did Simon, you asked for a picture, but you had done the promo videos and then he sent it to you like two weeks later. Yes. So I thought for Eman's one, you could do that promo picture. Definitely chuck these in here. And then oh, obviously amazing. the one we got with Eman. Yes. Yeah, you, you may need to blur out the pistols. Yeah, yeah. yeah Why? Child friendly, Instagram friendly. Yeah, they, really? don't, they don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, change it to like no. it's like a duck. I'll do bananas. <laughs> I'll just literally do bananas. Wait. We could do what could we do? Uh, mate. Sausages. <laughs> like the the, 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 the listeners dogs. are probably like, what is going on? What are well, we doing? When you what see the picture, at? you know why, why it's kicking is, off. I mean, this is a this is a look, isn't it? <laughs> you can't wow. unsee that. That's brilliant. Oh, amazing. Simon should be James Bond. But I, this again echoes what you're talking about the Fury, and you're saying when you have a, a community yeah. and you make a team, it's yeah. more than just they turn up, get a result, and go home. It's it's the summation of the coaches, it's a combination of everyone coming together yeah. and people socializing and actually getting to know this is the person that I'm going to play with. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing because, like, um, we worked so hard and it was really stressful but fun we did it because we really enjoyed what we were doing but and i remember towards the end of the year i was just like and with my partner at the time and it was like yeah i really need to uh, so show some appreciation for these guys yeah really so like that's well, awesome man. that's brilliant so this event uh, we got a stretch limo like a stretch limo and it's <laughs> a massive event in southampton so limo all kind of um yeah all everything food and everything in the limo and stuff and picked them up in portsmouth Drove off to Southampton. Wow. I thing. hope chairman, Bro. new chairman Rob Milne has listened to this, Mark. And yeah. at the end of this season, <laughs> limo picking nah, up I'm, all the coaches. I've done it now. There's yeah. only one place we can go to, and that's Croxons. Hey, no, that is that is yes. I still want to try one of these chicken burgers. These famous chicken burgers. Where is Croxons? Uh, it's down Palmerston Road near Osborne oh, Road. Okay, it's down Palmerston Road. Hey man, you can get a burger and a beer. And apparently, rumours are circulating that it is the best burger you can get in town. I'll have to try it. Mm. I'm down near where Route 66 used to be, now near out around yeah. that sort of area. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Right. Sponsor like, of the... Paul couldn't remember the name of the club. And it's like, well, yeah, because we never went there particularly clear-minded, necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, uh, cool. That's, Eman, that's, that's great. So after this, you got on a plane? Yeah, so what happened? So, so I guess you've taken so every 
just taking a step back here. You've you've taken everything that you've learned from the Portsmouth basketball setup, mm. all the stuff you got from Mick, all of that, mm. and now you go to Norway. Yeah. So going to Norway, yeah, that was a little bit of um. It was it was it was a weird time. It was a weird time. Colder. So, yeah, it was colder. <laughs> but I think making that decision to go, like, because um, we were just starting the Portsmouth um, College Basketball Academy. And I don't know whether you knew, we tried to do a partnership with Highbury at the time. We just set up the Portsmouth Basketball College Academy. Yeah. We were just trying to do a Highbury. That, that's why I say the Godfather. <laughs> and he's questioning it. Just sprinkling. I think Highbury, sprinkling nuggets. This is the time Highbury just built that new sports hall. On the campus, and I think Fury, you played there. For a couple of yeah, times, didn't can you? I, I, it's something we talked on another podcast, but can you remember? Don't say the referee's name because they're repping at a high level, and I don't want to embarrass <laughs> them. But can you remember when that when we played Bournemouth Bears and there was a fast break, and the ball got thrown by Bournemouth Bear and it hit the referee in the face, and she went down and then started ejecting fans for laughing. Can you remember that? That's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, that was not a gonna, great not going to forget um, that. They're not going to forget Because no one that. else seems to remember it. Or it ha- it does. Yeah, I, I remember they because they're not playing. <laughs> Technical foul, you're out of it. Like, oh, I'm just watching. Well, you're still out of it, all right? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it happens. Yeah. yeah that's but great. Can a ref do that? Can a ref Of course they can. They can. I can't eject a crowd member. But can mind you, it was so intimate, that court. Like, was it, it? It wasn't a two meter runoff because this is no, very there, important. There was no two meter runoff. Weird. Two meter runoffs are very important, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I like poking him. He just gets wound up. But normally, I, I don't know what the rules are. Um, I, I ain't refereed in ages. So like, I think the coach will get a technical. The the bench will get a technical oh. for fans. Really, if fans out of the out, home, the home, yeah. And if it was an away fan, then would it be the away coach? I guess. I think I think it'll still be the home because it's up to the stewards and the facility to or to keep it in control. See, that it's interesting because as a if it came down to it, if I if I it's wore really if I went to an away game or dressed up as an away fan mm. and then went right threw something on, you could it could affect a game. Right? Could do, but then it's up to um, the stewards of the facility get rid of you okay yeah so yeah they don't do it that's home. where it goes on to the coach yeah okay I, I remember I seeing one so. at college level and it's like Tell me if I'm wrong. yeah but um i would really like to get a referee on at some point on here yeah i think it would be yeah it's dancing around the houses on yeah them yeah uh, so like doing a referee like i did a referee course um actually i think level two referee so i did that because when i was coaching i wanted to kind of understand the mindset of the referee so i exactly. think Exactly people. what he was talking about in the last so, couple. People, it's a, it's a bow to your string, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it was really, and you, you know how to manipulate the referees. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a little bit. I, I used it a lot when I was coaching at Chichester. I, yeah, I kind of used it a little bit just yeah. to get in their heads. I'm like, referee, come on, I know this. Like, why are you doing this? Like, literally, you, you know how to literally communicate with them on a certain level where you're not pissing yeah. them off, but they know they they know that you know what you're talking about. When I found out that he'd done the refing, I was thinking. No, this doesn't add up. Like you doing refing, because yeah, I just the amount of 
challenges that you gave refs? Like you would challenge the refs quite frequently, should we say? That's because I had Mick Byrne as my coach. Exactly. <laughs> but then when you look at it and you go, ah, oh, that makes more sense. When you look at it strategically. Mm. Yeah. Just yeah. You have to hold them responsible. I've, I've, I, I actually believe that the refs, like we're taught on a referee course, that the refs are responsible for the game. Mm. So what's wrong with the coaches holding them responsible? I believe. Like yeah. if something's going on and it's a foul, so too many fouls has been called on your team. Yeah coaches be like yo like what's going on we've got like 14 fouls and they've got two yeah. obviously we're not playing that bad really so how how does that game then tr translate like paul said with going in norway how what is the, is there a difference between just say the british game compared to norway or is it the setup or is it i know simon when we interviewed him he was talking about the setups in france and how mm. there's so different free courts free courts because you play in the municipal oh you're a yeah. city team your courts so. for free noise kind of like that yeah so basically real? yeah so basically i'd say our one of our biggest costs is courts yeah so, so not all of them I, I don't know if we're allowed to say but not all of them but yeah. i remember courts courts is the big cost because you're training there remember when we were at chichester we were lucky because it was a university court so we got it for free but when um the badminton got rolled out yeah of course so if we wanted extra training sessions we knew it was going to cost this amount so mm. we were like imagine if we had to pay i don't know how Back then it was like 30 pounds an hour really for the court and then times for a match day i think it was like three four hours and then we had to book yeah because especially in national league you had to have the court an hour earlier and like yeah so imagine that plus like three training sessions a week actually kind of adds up like i think we tried to have training at mount batten once and i had this discussion with you mick no no matt birch really and just the cost mount batten was giving us we were like wow I think Mount, Bat Mount Batten in those days was one of the most expensive courts. <laughs> it was ridiculous. From what I remember. Well, that's for our National League games. I think we got a good deal. I think Mick worked, worked his magic yeah. to get that. Really. And we only got the, um, when we got the double court to have both leeches, I think, yeah, we managed to kind of wingle that for Yeah, and, and th three. that was why we only had, we didn't have bleachers yeah. a lot because of the court costs. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So we just had one call and it was just yeah, like, one call and we okay, had like three steps know. of beat bleachers, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I got to say this. The Mountbatten bleachers, if you sit on the front row, um, you could get your heel and just kick back like that on the thing. And it made such an echo. Like, yeah. So when I was injured, I always sat. <laughs> like, that was great. Anyway. Yeah, but and, Norway, and they were two meters away from me which is important. Yeah, you got to be two metres away from the court all times. I don't think they, they were. No, not on the court. You're on the court. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in those days running down the baseline and a, a spectator tripped me up. <laughs> like foot, I tripped up their foot. Nothing happened. Just lost the ball. It's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. But yeah, um, no. yeah there's no two metres on that court anyway. No. Um, but yeah, but yeah, going back to that question, I digress. But Norway, like what they do is that um, they've got the courts, which um, the city council kind of run. Okay. But then they give the courts to specific sports teams to run as a business. Oh, wow. Really? So basically um, how it works is that you've got the city council, but then you've also got the sports federation. Yeah. So the sports federation um, kind of organize who uses the court, what teams use, use, use the courts. And then they will kind of give the court to one of the local teams to run it. So the Sports Federation will give the schedule to 
the local team. Is that the, for the the whole court, the whole week? Yeah, for the whole season. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, no, no, not for the whole season. For they, They'll sign a contract, like a lease. It'll yeah. be like a 10-year lease or something like that. And then, oh, wow. So yeah. it's not it's not like you just get it Monday night, Wednesday night. It's you, This is your court for the next 10 years. Yeah, this is your court. Yeah, this is your court. But then wow. the thing is, like, the sports federation will decide who's going to use your court. So if handball or, let's say, um, indoor hockey, um, basketball, like, they've, they've got local teams. Do they? Oh, they don't have badminton. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> you don't have badminton? Not, 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 not in the basket, not in my basketball courts. Like the, the, the specific courts that have Look badminton. Look at that smile. <laughs> there are specific courts that have badminton, but in the court that I... They keep, they separate them. So yeah, they're trying to separate courts, to purest, separate sports. Purest basketball court, is it? No, we, I think we have handball in our courts as well. And then we have indoor hockey. Okay. So we own only three sports that play played in our court. So okay. we've we've got to share our time with those three clubs. Okay. So we will be in the court. I remember when I first got to Norway, we had every day of the week. But now because new clubs are coming in, we've got to share our time with like handball, do ham, the local handball team and the local hockey team. Really. Okay. So but and any free time that we've got, so during the week it's probably it's pretty much booked. But on the weekends it's still all free. Yeah, we don't have to pay for it. But the thing is we get that the that's the thing, the club gets paid from the council. To run those courts, to run it, so they'll get paid. Some I can't remember what the contract is, it's but they'll get paid. So, so would that be Sport England ultimately? Then say if it is in the UK, it would be yeah. Sport, I guess Sport England, but what's the local version? The what's the well, local? that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. There's no local version, so yeah, that, yeah, that they would have Sport England because it wouldn't go through BE because BE which we should be running. No, the no, league, no, but no, it, it would be, It would actually be Sport England, and then they'd have locality or yeah. municipality yeah. in the regions. Yeah. Uh, so it's, just, a, it's completely different. So yeah. you're getting your courts for free. Mm. You're getting paid to run the courts, which then is going into your club to to yeah. do, do kits or referees or whatever it is. Yeah. And the contrast over here is you're not getting paid. Pay for it, and you got to pay for it. What do you want to do? Pay for it. Yeah, yeah. pay for it. will help you. Yeah. Pay for it. will help. And the thing is, like, it's um, it's the sports um, uh, the sports kind of federation that decides who uses it so for example if you've got any free time and let's say five side football or let's say badminton wanted to rent the court from you they have to pay the club to use the court okay yeah. really yeah because it's the club's responsibility so basically because the club's getting paid from the city council to, on the lease to run it they're responsible for opening up and closing security uh, okay. and just making sure like Things, wow. things are sorted, so they it's need to make sure. Different, different world, isn't it? Different it's world. Different. So how? So where? Where is it in Norway that you're? Um. So I'm mainly based in Oslo. Oslo. Yeah, Oslo, Norway. So. Um, is this the Oslo Fury you've got set up there? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's your basketball team called? It's called. Okay, let's see how you pronounce it. Kribbutten. I'm not even going to write it. that down. Do it. <laughs> what? You're going to have to say that to you to say that again. Hey, Bratton. 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 Not Britain, Mark. Hey, Bratton. Hey, like. Oh, hey. You know what? I'm laughing now because I had the same problem when I got. Hey, hey, yeah. Hey, Bratton. Ten. Ten. Hey, Bratton. Hey, we're gonna have a big shout out now to Hey, Bratton. Hoi Britain. Hoi Britain. Hoi Britain. Hoi Britain. Hoi Britain. I'm, I'm going to write it for you and I'm going to wow. see. Like, you, you're going to be. I just looked up. 
the FIBA rankings for Norway in basketball? Uh -oh. Where do you think they sit? Are they above 48th? <laughs> they are. I don't really want to... Um, 75th. Oh, 75th. 75th. Just above Guam and just below Please, Indonesia. I can't do the... <laughs> yeah. um, we're, not, we're not 48th, by the way. Took well. We're now out of top 50. Great Britain are now 53rd what? on the FIBA wow. rankings. There you go. Really? 53rd. Oh, men's teams aren't doing so well. Are they? No, they're, they're three. They're three on. They're, they're three v three. They did really well. Yeah, three and three did well. Yeah, they're. Oh, is, is that over us? That five and five and three and three together? I think. No, that's just five I think and five. The senior team, like what we were looking at, is when you get into men's any women's team. Uh, women's team's doing quite well. The women's yeah. team, yeah, they're doing quite well. I think all, all up and down everywhere they're doing pretty well. But yeah. it's when you get to that national league men's setup. You're competing for any kind of tournament. You're in a European uh, group, and the talent in European basketball is just outstanding. Mm. So when you're talking the top, I think I don't know if it's changed. I mean, you'll see it, but it was last time the top 12 teams in world rankings. Nine of them were in Europe. Okay, I'm yeah, going to do. Sense. I'm going to do the top 20. Makes sense. Top 20, 20 Finland. Yeah. Then Chechnya. Dominican Republic, then Montenegro, Puerto Rico, Poland, Greece, Italy, Brazil, Slovenia, Lithuania, France, Latvia, Argentina, Canada, Serbia, Australia, Germany, Spain, and apparently USA are number one. Well, Argentina's still there. They didn't really, they didn't make the World no. Cup, did they? No. So There's, in their zone ranking, they're like, oh, so are Europe they Europe European teams in top 10. Last update, 10th of September, according to the FIBA World Rankings. So what is it? Presented by Nike. I'm going to say oh. that. Okay. Germany, well, only third. One, two. Yeah, world champions, but they're only third. Yeah, that's... Six out of the top ten now. So there's been some change. Six out of the top ten are European. Yeah. But it's still, like, when you look at the... Like, I think it was... Was it... Oh, who was it on? Was it... Uh, um, it wasn't Andre Drummond. I can't remember who it was. Uh, someone was on one of the podcasts recently, and they were saying that they think like places like Lithuania and stuff are some of the biggest hubs for basketball in the world. Hmm. Like those, the places that you that we're seeing more and more Euro players going and playing in, say, like the NBA. Mm. But as soon as you take the NBA out of the equation and look at all of the Euro leagues, so many of the players are coming from all of the. It seems like hubs like Spain, Lithuania. I think Serbia, Slovenia have got a few more as well. But Mate, it's it's a different level out there. I'd, um, out there, basketball is a religion. Yeah, it's it's a religion. Like uh, Serbia, Lithuania, those Eastern countries, like. Um, yeah, it's, it's a different mindset. Your mind will be blown. Like, um, even in um, when I used to, because I haven't had an academy in Italy called the Italian Prep Academy. Wow. So we ran that for a few years. The Godfather is doing some stuff he is, he is in the, Italy as well. Well, the Godfather in Italy, of course. Oh, oh. Of course. Hilarious. Hilarious. Do you know what I thought? I don't, really, was it in not, Sicily don't, don't, or was it just in. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It'd have been great when I s did that announcement of the uh, email on the court. If you s he stood, I went, thank you. <laughs> we should have thrown that picture up. That would have been same. Oh, yeah, that's funny. He, should, he, he should have been had a baseball bat. He's been walking past like the away bench. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. So you 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 set up a huge club in Italy. Yeah, not a huge club. It was it was like an academy for basically the whole concept was uh, um, to give. Um, UK players a taste of playing professional. Oh, cool. So basically they'll go over for a year and they'll train two times a day 
and they will play two two times a week and that's all they'll do and if they wanted to do school we can add school on as a built-on um, but then it's players who finish college and they use it as a gap year between university so what hmm? so that is just literally like that is a gap year just go out there play and just play ball. Times, play ball got a real structure yeah that's wow. ridiculous. and then you've got um coaches there that will kind of develop their game and but the main thing is just trying to get them into a mindset of what a pro basketball player goes through where nothing they they don't think about anything else but basketball really and um it was a very interesting project because not many people made it like we've got kids of course you've got kids saying i want to play professional i want to do this but once they're there they're there for like let's say a month start getting homesick and they don't really have anything else to do but basketball so they get tired of it and um i noticed like when you go out and play for a team abroad um they consider you as, as an import they consider you as a franchise the yeah. guy who's coming to actually get oh, buckets really? and get numbers so if you don't perform like they kick you out they're like yeah sorry we'll get someone else to come in yeah. and do it. so like some uh, some of the kids um, were put on local local teams but some of them actually played like regional as well and they dealt with that pressure when they were like 18 19 and some of them did well they stayed in but most of them even on the local team they just couldn't hack the pressure because of course the italians they're good and with the English guys are coming in, they may be good in that area, but when they go there to a basketball town, yeah, it's a totally different level. And totally different level is in everybody cares about basketball. So you will have in your games, you have in the local league game, you have the town. Make an event and come down and watch local league game. <laughs> really. And yeah. there'll be like three, four hundred people there kind of watching. Really. Then Kobe Bryant come from Italy. He did his dad he, his dad played in I Italy. think he was play, I think he was when he was raised in Italy for a couple of years, yeah, because his dad played there as well. Yeah, so that's I think he was raised there as well. Yeah, but his dad but it is it is crazy, really, when you think when you see those teams in like the Euro leagues and you see some of the crowds there. They got like ten thousand people, that's and ridiculous. it is absolutely popping off there. That the the noise. Someone did it in the interview we talked about before. Where someone said to Yoko, like, "Are you are you, are you under pressure?" Because the crowd, you know, the home crowd. And he's like, "No, I played in Serbia." Like you seen the crowd there then they did a perfect like vt to the, the crowds there and it's like yeah he's fireworks going off and yeah, yeah, yeah. Going i was about to find that video yeah on instagram he's, yeah he's not worried about yeah. any crowd it's like they're tame no. what are you talking about like, it's, it's and that's what they could be brutal like yeah it's like a football uh, crowd isn't yeah. it yeah like, in greece serbia all those guys it's like those guys live for basketball like mm. you you know lithuanians like with their basketball they're very kind of like passionate really passionate mm. green green yellow red always always like representing and like that's how they feel like they like they may not play it but then they they know the sport and they expect kind of a certain performance from their players really so they'll come and watch the game and they'll be watching basketball while being engulfed in the kind of a whole experience yeah and they'll get hyped up literally it's pretty much like our football it exactly really, that's literally it's the same it thing is it's we don't have the, everyone it's football first in the uk most of the mm. time isn't it so yeah so you've got like those crazy and then the crazy fans so when you're in that environment you've got to build up a certain caliber of player that can oh, yeah. deal with that and that comes from like these fundamental sessions like with the youth like repeating 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 training them training their minds that when they get into a situation in the game they don't really crumble really and if you can't hack it you're literally out the next person will take your spot yeah so that's how they built up real tough really yeah 
and like like yeah, um, Jokic, Jokic, that yeah. guy plays for um, Denver. Denver. Yeah, like look at him. Like he was he started play, playing basketball late, didn't he? Yeah, and and he's not really he's not he's not like an avid. He he, he loves it, and he's got you know obviously amazing vision. But they're like, oh, he just yeah, he just naturally does it, and he's a big guy. And yeah, but look at his mindset. Yeah, that's a different thing. Like his mindset, he's just so cool, calm, collected. 100%. Yeah, look at what's his name, Luca. Yeah, uh, Luca Doncic, and he he will say, like the space that he gets in the NBA is like you got way more space in the NBA. So you go play in Euroleague, like they're on you, mm. and you've got no, you're trapped. You, there's nowhere to go. You don't have all this space to just be hocking up threes. Yeah. When you go to the NBA, it's like people, oh yeah, I'll just make a little bit of space. I've got a free shot. Yeah, it's, it's a different game. And Euroleague, like if you watch, I don't normally watch Euroleague games, but when I do, it's so intense. Yeah. It's like yeah, very it's, physical. It's, what, what, what's the, so what's the Norwegian game like then? How would you characterise it? The Norwegian game. Hey, all your Norwegian listeners. Um, be where, are, where are the Norwegian listeners from, Paul? Oslo. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone from Oslo is oh. listening now okay. to what you think. But where the Norwegian where, game. Where in Oslo? That's Hydraten. <laughs> <laughs> smooth. The Hoy Bratton Fury. It's smooth. That was good. <laughs> Silky. <laughs> but is it a different game? Because we one of the things we've noticed in the with the BBL that we've been watching mm. is there is a British style to basketball, mm -hmm. and we've definitely noticed that as, as they've been doing uh, better coverage with the media and the games and what they've been doing recently. Mm. It's not the NBA. It's a different, and it's, it's not Euroleague. It's a, there's a difference in it. Mm. And when they play European teams, you notice it because the European teams tend to do slightly better. Mm. Um, but there's definitely a, a style of British basketball. Yeah, I think I think there is. And I, again, I haven't really watched so many, but from what I've seen, it's a is a fast pace, like run gun, yeah, kind of game, really in British basketball now. And um, every country has their own style. Um, they're not purely run gun. They're in a way that where they push the ball and then. They set up quick offense and then back. They're not really strategists like the Italians or the Spanish, really, where they're really working in the half court game. Um, back to the Norwegian game. The Norwegian game is like um, the Norwegian game is like um, they love to shoot. Oh, really? Yeah, their shooters really. And or inside it, or outside? Outside, or? outside shooters. Okay. So um, big fans of Steph. <laughs> yeah, Steph and James Harden, like literally, it, it it really annoys me because I'm not really I'm from the generation where it's not like that. I'm more the generation that we're looking to create inside and then we kick out mm. to to the shooter. The shooter doesn't really bring like dictate the flow of the offense. But nowadays the whole game is changing like that. So with the Norwegian game, yeah, they, they like to shoot. I I from my experience with playing. Um, it's very little inside play in there. Oh, really? So, um, like, like going to sm small ball teams, then? Or yeah. Because the, the Nordics are famous for some rather lengthy individuals. Yeah, that's the thing. So, they, they are quite tall. <laughs> well, no, it's true, isn't it? It's, it's like, the, are they the populace with the, the uh, Norway, Sweden, Finland have got the highest, the, 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 the tallest no, they, they, we are quite tall yeah, yeah they're quite, quite tall yeah they, we're, we're quite tall there. but then and this is the thing like 
when I first came, went over there, I was so amazed how tall people are. I thought, yeah, basketball's going to be quite funny, but it's just like, nice. nah, not really. So um, not, not a physical game, because that's, that's your bag. So it is. That's, it is. How does it's, that translate as a coach when you're like, you want to sit there and go, get in there and stick them? It's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult because I'm like, yo, just, just get in. Like, you literally get stuck in, but yep. they don't really know how to do it. And when they do it, they get injured because they, and they're not used to that type of game. So they love the drive to, they used to drive in, kick, drive, kick, drive, kick, create, drive, kick, really. And then try to find an open lane to the basket by kind of, kind of having a threat on the outside, which kind of opens up the inside for later. But it's more of a drive kicking. That was the thing in the NBA, wasn't it? When we saw those games, walking down the sidelines, and you could hear the impacts, and you were thinking, "This is like a preseason game," and they were just it was in so, October. So, someone was just nudging, giving someone a little nudge, and the impact was like that. And you think, "Damn, that this is that they are taking some hits, and they're big fellas, and they're taking some hits." Yeah, and they're not, and this is not playoffs yet. Like so, you it made a massive appreciation certainly for me thinking when the playoffs come and people are going in hard like and they're, they're taking some pumps yeah absolutely so but what i've learned because i've i've kind of experienced basketball in like loads of different countries and like yeah like you said every country has its style yeah. and it's being able to uh, as a coach coach against that style know what the strengths and weaknesses of that style is and and kind of it ends up being like a coach's game um just trying to find the holes in the style so like with Ing with gb i think that run and gun style like if you kind of take away and force the half court play it's kind of um you can tell with it from what i've seen I haven't, re I haven't really watched it so intensely but um that's a little bit of the um disadvantage yeah really so um but but i know the players coming through they're real quick they can run the floor really well um, with the Norwegian national teams when I'm watching them play they love they, they're very slow bringing the ball up the court um, but then they're looking to set up straight away but looking to set up for the shooter they're not looking to try beat the defence and try to kind of run the defence down to yeah. get something set up so like everything has its advantages and disadvantages really. so like um, now where I do what I do in Norway now I coach with um, sports performance programmes so this is what I try to do with Highbury and Portsmouth a sports basketball performance program okay um where we brought in international students and they'll study there i think we actually had some portuguese guys stay this year before i left um they were staying at highbury in the block of flats in highbury and they were training in the, in the sports hall and then they'll come play for portsmouth college um but the project didn't really follow through quite well because i left really stuart hardeman ran it for a year and while i was um he did a really good job he tried to hold it all together and then that that was kind of part of the pathway to start building a stronger local league and then get these kids playing at the national league setup in Portsmouth. So kind of understanding the Portuguese style and getting them to adapt to the British style style through the Portsmouth College was kind of yeah, kind of crazy, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can imagine they Portuguese are pretty strong players. Yeah, I've, it's, Portugal's they they're all, they're all right with basketball. Um, Let's see where they are in the tournament. Yeah, very interesting. I love <laughs> it. Like, now, nah, but um, I think um, um, yeah, it's just everyone has a, a different style, but they they do a little bit more. 
54th, just Before. behind Great Britain. Oh, really? Po- wow. Great Britain, 53. Portugal, 54th in the FIBA okay. standings. Okay. There you go. And sponsored by Nike. Um, <laughs> so, E-Man, like, look, lastly, I just wanted to ask you about your brand, the Rise and Baller brand. So, how's that all going? Because, look, I don't know. <laughs> the email reminds you of today. Do you remember Wayne's World? Yep. The bit where Garth is all dressed up in Reebok. <laughs> <laughs> that is how E-Man looks today. He's got Rising Ballers everywhere. And it's brilliant. Love it. Love to see that. How is everything going with Rising Ballers? Um, yeah, I think it's going... It's, it, it's Actually, it's going well. Like We've survived for... Like, I can't remember. I think 12 years, 12, 13, 13 years now. And we've taken different kind of um, priorities as we've gotten. Got sort of like when we first started here in Portsmouth, it was pretty much taking kids off the streets and just giving them something positive to do. Giving them a place, a platform where they could just come and play, bounce a ball and do whatever, really, but in a, in a positive space, really. And um, and actually noticing that basketball is actually enjoyed by the kids. So one of the things that really got me coaching in Portsmouth, and especially starting the Rising Ballers programme, I was asked by the City Council to do a sports day um, at, down at Mount Bratton Centre had like 80 kids per session so I had different sports and I didn't know what I was doing really and so turned up with a load of basketballs and Matt Birch was there he kind of um, put me in the situation and I just noticed that when I was running just my simple drills the kids loved it that got me questioning like why is there this is when there's no kids basketball going on in Portsmouth why is there nothing going on in Portsmouth the kids really enjoy the whole program really so I tried to kind of make some partnerships with some schools and um, yeah, and some of the schools um, bought, bought in really, and, but they didn't really have the resources to kind of carry it through. So we tried to do after school clubs for the schools, which some schools, uh, which it worked, um, but then it wasn't really sustainable. So I was hopping around different schools and then I was doing the Hampshire, Hampshire, Hampshire Youth Games. Really. So we've got kids into the Hampshire Youth Games. Um, through a program with the City Council um, so I can't remember how long I was doing it but then Simon kind of came in to the picture and I remember I don't know how we actually started communicating I think he sent me a message or I sent him a message I don't even know what happened really but I managed to get in touch with him and it was kind of it happened so fast really I was like um all I remember is that I got in contact with him. We had dinner, or no, lunch. I took him for lunch at the 10th hole because I really, really like the cakes down there. Yeah, amazing. So I, like, that's where I had my meetings. So I took him down there and like, and we talked a little bit and I just really liked his mindset. It was like, like a breath of fresh air, someone positive. I was like, okay, right, I can work with this guy. And I just thought, I didn't really want to think about it even more. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I want to work with you. Like, let's, let's start something really and then um i think <laughs> i think he didn't even have a place to stay i think he was living in his van at the time he had, wow. he had, had a camper van uh, i think he was um he was moving from uh, island island yeah yeah so we've heard his version of this oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it's, it's all blurry to me it just happened so fast and before i knew it i think he was living up in north end after he got after that was his first apartment he was sharing an apartment with somebody and we sat there went there one morning 
and we just drew out a whole plan of reports of basketball. And uh, one of the things we really, really wanted to attack was schools. We said that all the kids are in schools, all the kids are in PE lessons. We need to kind of build that kind of platform where we could just target all the kids with basketball and then just see what happens. So now I call that um, the pyramid kind of effect. So you get as many at the bottom, yeah, and then of course people will trickle off. And then towards the top, you've got your national league like tough players. So, um, so that was kind of our focus back then. Just schools get as many kids playing. Then as time got on, we got um, the platform. We're trying to kind of give the kids somewhere to play regularly. So we ended up thinking, okay, right, these kids in the schools. We don't have anywhere for them to have any competition. We need to kind of work with the school's competition program. So Madeline Campbell, she was the school's competitions manager at the time. We're like, okay, we can help run basketball festivals for the schools. And the schools loved it. Like the first one we ran at Priory School, like the the PE teachers were just as aggressive, really. <laughs> like it was it was a it was a mad, it was it was crazy. It was so fun, really. Like the kids they loved it, but the gym teachers, they were just like really in it. They're like proper coaching, as if they're coaching like the NBA finals or <laughs> So like after we ran that with a couple of schools, we really we got some managed to get some funding from Sports um, Sport England and we found a way where the schools can actually um, apply for it just to build the whole structure. And we ended up just building year on year on year. Oh amazing. And yeah, we, me and Simon were visiting the schools and just trying to kind of recruit them for this league. And we ended up just having having two different um, instead of having one festival a year, we, I think we ended up having quite a few festivals during the whole year. And to the fact that we partnered up with a minibus company to help kind of deliver the kids around different tournaments, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Hence, trying to get these other coaches to kind of help with the manpower. So that was the objective at that time: just kind of get schools in, get the schools to buy and get the kids knowing about basketball. And that was where I think this was about the same time as this. That's why we got a load of school kids coming to the games. Because I was like, okay, let, let's get them seeing the National League program so they can I can inspire them to kind of continue playing for their schools. So we didn't even think about starting a Portsmouth Basketball Kids Club at the time because we didn't really know how to do it, really. So um, all I knew was Portsmouth College. So I was working from the top down. So we had National League. And there's local league, and I thought, okay, Portsmouth College. Um, we can work with um, year 10s and year 11s. Um, they can go into, into Portsmouth College, and then I can work with them on a course, really, because if they're so enthusiastic about basketball, there's a course there for them to do for like two years. And then that will kind of be the stepping stone into um, local league for Portsmouth. Um, and at the time, I think Simon got a situation at Haven't College. So I thought this is great. And he was focusing on girls in Haven College. I was focusing on boys in Portsmouth College. And we just thought, yeah, this like everything's literally starting to fall into place. Um, but we still didn't have any teams in Portsmouth for the youth. Didn't really know how to do it. We were sending kids off to Solent Kestrels. Um, so after that, the priorities started to be like, how can we set up something in Portsmouth for the youth, for the kids? And this is where Simon kind of took off with the girls. And this was around the time that I kind of left, really. And unfortunately, I, that was the, one of the hardest things to do, just leave the boys' program, left it to Richard, 
Don't too stretch. Yep. Really? And I was just like, yeah. I just it was just like an open session. Rising stars just started. Open session leads to that and we'll see what happens. So obviously Simone continued with the girl situation and that's history with what you've seen. And the boys just kind of until Steve Davidson came. So going over to Norway, I thought, okay, let me try replicate the same thing. Structure's totally different in Norway. Like schools can't apply for funding. And also me coming in as an outsider, it was very difficult to kind of find a way. Um, but the um, the principles stayed the same, trying to teach the kids at a lower level and then get them interested in basketball and then giving them a pathway to go all the way up. Um, and then in Norway, they've got more teams where I can, local teams where I can actually link the local schools. So there'll be three, four schools that will link up to like the local club in the area. So it was easy for me to contact the club and say, okay, I'm going to be coaching one of these schools. This is your out. This is the outlet. It's more be, of a structure around it. Exactly. So that's what we'll be working on. So for the last few years, I've just been working on trying to develop the correct structure to kind of to do that. Um, and keeping it more sustainable but not by getting coaches but by actually getting the schools to take more responsibility okay empower them to do it exactly and then the kids will go to the clubs where the clubs have their own coaches and then and then but the level of competition there's nothing there so that was my main focus to try create level of competition for those kids um and now like we have that going on and now it's just kind of around the situation trying to create situations where um like for example sports facilities um equipment trying to make sure those little small things are sorted so we can just keep the sustainable sustainability like that so like with rising ballers it's literally what it what it says is like we're literally trying to work from the bottom yep. and create that pathway all the way up it's, um, that's awesome it's a nice way of looking at it like a pyramid yeah, it's a nice way of looking at it. And always what's gone alongside Rising Ballers is Rising Ball Aware. So is that still going on as well? Um, yeah, so basically the history behind the clothing line was that we were sponsored by Nike at the start. So Nike gone wharf, we got like, um, yeah, we, what's the manager's name? Ricky, yeah. So we got a relationship with the manager there and he was like, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah. So we can give you the discounted stuff and we can put as literally ridiculous discount 70 80 percent discount from the store items so we used to get our stuff he gives a call i I need some new stuff i'm sure he's (laughs) not there he's gone he's gone now he's long gone um but yeah so like but they believed in what we were doing they're like yeah this is great like we want as well obviously they they saw the more kids we had the more that came through the store which actually happened and um and they saw the benefits of that. We were advertising them and everything, and they got the, got the coaches where. Mm-hmm. And then um, Simon started working for Nike. I think Ricky got him a job working at Nike. So he was done, kind of doing that thing, and we got loads of staff discounts and loads of discounts for the players. So we'll come around with discount cards like every holiday. And like, I yeah. remember that. You know that? I remember those so discount like 50% cards. 50% yeah. discount cards. Friends, friends and family, that was what it was called. Friends and family discount cards. Wow. And we got special, like, so we, any equipment we needed, we got from them. So they will have like a load of shorts and vests and we'll just buy them in and we'll, we'll put the Rising Ballers kind of um, printing on them. Um, but then when Ricky left, it kind of, the new manager wasn't really that interested. Really? And that's how it goes. So we thought, okay, 
we can buy the kit so we need to raise some revenue raise some money and then i just i just thought why not making my own kit so i did some research and kind of spoke to some factories in england some factories abroad and i was like yeah well, let's just do it because it's going to cost us pretty much a third of the price and um yeah so we can just represent ourselves and that's all it was it wasn't to sell or nothing at all it was just for us just to make our own stuff really well your kits are still around now so like i mean sometimes you even go down you see the r is it rb rw you see the rw on the on the thing so some of those kits are still around i mean what the fury one definitely is Mm. um i always really like the varsity jacket you had i think you did like a varsity like uh, letterman jacket yeah yeah yeah. yeah. that I've, I, that looked brilliant. Yeah, you're hang. You've been hankering for one of them for a long that time. That looked brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That back. So that's still going. It's all still going. It's, it's still going. Like, but it's, it's through word of mouth. We don't really market it no more because okay. um, we don't really have the resources to kind of give a quality service for customer service and that. Is so there a, is there a website if someone wants a Ryzen ball of wear? There's the, the, there's an Instagram page, but it's more like social wear with the hoodies like I gave you. Okay. But then like it's only request to order and then if we decide to do it and if we feel it's worthwhile doing it we yeah, will yeah. do it but maybe there'll be a resurgence it's possible there's a platform there everything is there it's just getting the right people to kind of get it done i think our focus right now is just creating the correct structure yeah with that because there was a time where we used it for revenue to yeah. help support the coaches and that was really good that was the last three years i was here in england um we were yeah we were selling kits left right and center yeah i remember like all everyone, over the place. everyone had a prize and yeah and that money just came back straight in and then we paid the coaches through that and um, we bought equipment for the kids we paid for i think um, we went to france and with with our boys took them up to play to watch um the globetrotters got tickets to the usa game remember when usa played great britain before the olympics so like little trips like that wow. we kind of um subsidize all those things really for that and that's Brilliant. that came through the clothing line and a little bit of support that we, we had nice really. well Eman, are you gonna shoot a shot for you've us got, today you've got to shoot a shot no i've been i've been looking forward He's, to this well there's no situation. no pressure no pressure no pressure no, i don't you gotta get in but not that only anyone. one person has scored and that's Stephen ware yeah no pressure at all so no i will i will uh oh keep pressing that one mark's changed all the buttons around right up for the shot is manuel davis aka e-man he is stepping up three well you you get two shots and then the stevie Ware bonus shot so uh i can see this from an angle here so e-man is he is he warming up he's he's, he's feeling the ball he's, he's getting grips of the ball is that regulation ball size he's, he's not he's not happy here we go this is first shot in and out in and out in and out again this is the bonus stevie Ware shot he has just taken a deep breath. I'm feeling this is going in. It's in! It's in. It's in. Oh! <laughs> we have a, a second scorer. We have a second scorer. Wow. 
He's still, putting his E-man, headphones back on. E-Man has actually scored, and you haven't. Wow. Really? E-Man. The Stevie Ware bonus shot is the one. No one scored first or second, but E-Man, how do you feel now? Like I said, no pressure. Wow. wow. Like that, like, you know, you've flown all the way from Oslo to Portsmouth. You've seen a Portsmouth Force game. You come live on the, well, not live, but on the Talking Basketball podcast. You've now scored the Stevie bonus wear shot. What what a holiday weekend for you. I you also had your Norwegian town's name butchered. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Britain. <laughs> he said Britain. <laughs> I couldn't just... Yeah, you'd said it, that was it. It was stuck in my head. Wow. Now, you okay. know, E-Man, I'd like to ask a few questions. Okay. Who is taking the shot? you got one person to take one shot. Kobe. Wow. Well, didn't, didn't even... even didn't even hesitate. No hesitation. No. Kobe. Okay. Kobe. Is there a particular shot you're thinking of, or is it just... I'm no. giving it to Kobe. I'm, I'm happy. I don't like that question. No, no, no. I'm just saying, when, he, when he's saying... a layup, everyone's going to say different stuff, isn't it? No, so you're just saying, I'm giving it to Kobe and I'm happy he's going to do what Wherever he's going to do. Wherever it is. Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll oh. leave it at that. Because if it's down low, well, he, I'll go you turn Shaq. You say Shaq, then he's going to go Shaq jump. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, so that's, yeah. So All right. Three-point line, you're going to say... refine no. the question. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, like it. More of a point. Who's your five and one? Five and pine. Five and pine. What a great saying. Do you like that? I'm actually going to write one to five and then pine. Five and pine. Five and no. pine. Hey, now that's... Now, we've had we've, we've had some... Here we go. We've had some really... We've had some uh, very interesting ways that people have done it. Okay. Um, five and pine. <laughs> that, that's what we got to say. So, wow. some people Are have we... gone with the who I want to play with. Some people have gone the best five. Some people have gone who five strategically going to play together. Five and one. All right. Oh. Pick your five and pine. And they can be any generations. You know, you can mix them all up. They don't have enough to. He's had the whole episode to think of this, and he's still undecided. I'm very. Right. Iman, as a listener of this podcast, you know this question was coming. What were you doing on your flight? Uh, he, he, he was trying to write your uh, surname down. Cause he yeah, yeah, that's, that's what why he was just remembering your surname. Oh, that's so many. Oh, well done. <laughs> okay. Someone will. Someone's going to put you Someone in a five and pine. Someone will go, I don't care. Cherry. There you go. I'll take that. If you were in, the, if you were the, even just the plus one, if you're on the pine, you'll take it, Matt, aren't you? Or MJ. Uh, National League charity for <laughs> 10 years or whatever it was. I don't know. Five years. I don't know. Wow. Give us a name. Starting name. Um, I've got Chris Paul. Ooh. Okay. You got yeah. Chris Paul starting. Okay. Just, just Chris Paul starting. Something he hasn't done this season. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Couldn't say it. Yeah. Do you know, he had, he's, he's the, the player I think with the longest starts in his career uh, like he was something like 50, is it 1300 games or 1500 games or something like that I don't remember the numbers top of my head but he, he every single game that he's played in in the NBA he started in starting five now he's gone to Golden State he's come off the bench mm. so yeah like, that's they, true they've, yeah. Just, they've just literally broken his, his record his starting record yeah I saw that Can you imagine that like every single game you've ever played in you've got to the top level every single game it's like you're starting 
every single game. It sounds really silly when you think about it, but I don't think Jordan started no, it every single game. I know exactly how that feels, Mark. What, you started every <laughs> single game in the hey, NBA? you saying I didn't score a shot. I was two for two on one day. Forget what? about what happened before that, but at one point I was two the, for the 15 two. 15 you threw up before. And the only one I would count that you threw was the one where you shouted some obscenity to me as you were walking out the door, turned around, got the ball, threw it, and it went straight in. And I was like, do that again. I'll throw you the ball. That's and skill. You, you did it again. Skill. Uh, yeah. That's what you were holding on to. But that was not... No, there was another two for two on that side where yeah, E-Man shot. That was not at the regulation mm. line. Yeah, that's a long way away, actually. I didn't this is, this is deceptive. I mean, it's a yeah. small... It's one of the small, like, kid rings is how to describe it. But that that distance is probably what? What do you call it? A half-court shot? It's, it's in a horrible, comparison it's to that horrible. ring size, or especially, especially and the angle is the angle, horrible because you can't see the backboard. <laughs> no, it's horrible. Everything it's is horrible. It's a corner shot on the kids' ring, and every, yeah, but every <laughs> single person <laughs> who gets E-man. there is like, I really want this to go in just to prove. Mark, what number yeah. episode are we on? Uh, thirty-two or thirty-three. Now. Thirty-two episodes 32. have gone out. Wow, of this, and only two people. Magic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some would argue that the. That ring is as rattly as Ravelin. Uh, not anymore. They had brand new rings yeah, last, last night. night. I know. Good. I know. Those. Right, I've got my list. Here we go. Right, we've uh, got Chris number Paul. one. Okay, number one. We've got Chris Paul. Like, I'm not very good at this stuff. Oh, Chris, can I have my pen back? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I can write them down. Wow. Um, so we've got Chris Paul. And then we've got Larry Bird. Bird! Um, and then we do have let's go Kobe, of course, because I'm Right. We got Jordan. Okay. This is good. so you got Jordan. Jo- okay, carry on. This is good. Sean Kemp. Wow. Yes. You Rain just man. made you just Rain. made Mark's day. Oh, Rain little, man. Oh, a little bit. So yeah. little, look at that sad little smile. Someone's mentioned the Supersonics and their past glory. Not, can I say not the first person to mention the Supersonics as well? I believe it was Mr. Andy Rowlands who also mentioned Mr. Kemp. Um, who's on the pine? Kevin Garnett. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's some energy. That's so an he'll, interesting team. He'll come on and just Kobe and Jordan, team. they playing together nicely? I don't think so. But then, mind you, mind you, they did have that type of report. So, yeah, Kobe, like Jordan was like a mentor to Kobe. Really. So, uh, yeah. I think Kobe would follow in Jordan's footsteps and he would trust Jordan. And yeah. Like, I think Kobe, Kobe would be able to stand back and be like, I trust Jordan. He'd also want to show him, though, like, yeah, I've still got, I'm, I'm 24, you're 23. Yeah, he'll do that. But then, yeah. And then Jordan would be like, yeah, get back in your box. There we go. Let me show yeah, you. So he'll sort it out. there'd be so, and then you'd have better. That'd be, that's an interesting, that's an interesting vibe and pattern. Yeah. So, like wow. I said, I did have time to think about it, but obviously I didn't. I just thought, he didn't. He thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought, that's a good five. Great five. That's a, that's a very interesting five indeed. Well, I think that brings us to the end. Well, Eman, thank you for flying all the way from Oslo. Just to come all see us. Just to talk to Oslo. us. Yeah, just, just for you guys, obviously. Of course. Just for, oh, just and, the, and the Portsmouth Force. And, and my mum as well. 
Yeah. Shout hey. out to my mum. Shout out to your mum. Yeah, you got any shout outs? Give them now. Shout out to. Shout out to. Oh, hey, is your mum and all her friends going to be listening? Obviously. Obviously. Oh, Obviously. you should have said that at the start. They're going to have to get two hours, 20 minutes to hear the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're going to. Say to them, you got to wait. They're right in to it. The end. They're what in it. Do? They're in it. They're in it. Man, it's been a pleasure having you on. No, no, it's, it's lovely it's, to see you. Well, no, shout out to Hoy Bratton. Man, you got me saying it. Yes. Hoy Bratton. Hoy Bratton. Hoy Bratton. Hoy Bratton. And shout out to like Rob and the guys at Portsmouth Force and like the whole kind of organisation. Really, I think you guys have done an awesome job. Really. It must be nice for you coming back, seeing like. I planted the seed here, and this is where it's cast. I, I, I don't even think of you it that way. I don't want to like. I think I, I just, I just helped out the situation. If it wasn't for me, I think someone else would have done it as well. I think someone else would have come along. Well, they didn't, and but you guys didn't. did. You did. Yeah, yeah but it's, uh, take it. Take your flowers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll take a flower. <laughs> well, Mark, look. That's, we read two Godfathers on the show. Two now. Godfathers. That's it. That's the, that, that is the family. I'm still debating the Godfather thing. <laughs> but I appreciate. I appreciate Listen, that. I've you're saying that we've just seen these photos and we don't, we, we <laughs> think otherwise. You guys lent right into that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming. Hey, I appreciate you. Thanks it's been a massive, massive pleasure. It's been. It's been fun. It's been fun. And. Um, yeah, send our love back to Oslo. I will. And uh, get everyone listening. But if, if you are listening now and you haven't listened to our episodes, go back and listen, listen now. And go and listen to lots of other podcasts, but always come back to the Talking Basketball podcast. And give us an email on Paul. What's our email? UKBasketballPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, go on our Instagram and check it all out. I've been Mark. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Paul. Hello. Goodbye. Paul, any last words on badminton? Yeah, don't play it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't play it. (laughs) It's not a sport. Good night.